I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of LiveWire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you can call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey there, welcome to the Best News Podcast from LiveWire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what is good in the news. I'm Luke Burbank, and right over there is my dear friend, Elena Passarello. Hey, Elena. Hi. How are you? I believe it's week 32 of the Whoa. Best News. It's a big week, too. It's election week, which, by the way, as we're recording this, the election hasn't happened yet, or at least, you know, the Tuesday of when we're all voting hasn't happened. And by we're all voting, I mean, please, by the time you're hearing this, I sure hope you have voted out there, best news listener. But if we're not referencing anything, uh, it's just because of that. It's we don't know. We don't know what happened. Uh, you know more than us at this point. I have to start this week with a bit of a retraction, Elena. Uh-oh. Well, here's what happened. We were recording some stuff, you and I, for the show, like uh, last week, for the radio show. And we were talking about Julia Roberts, and there was that interesting story that was going around the news about how her birth was actually paid for by Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife, Credit Scott King. And the thing about the article that floored me was that about two-thirds of the way through the story, there was this line that just said, she's written 1,750 Wikipedia bios for people who have been passed over because of being women or people of color, people that were contributing in the world of science. And I thought, isn't that a dazzling detail about Julia Roberts' life? I brought it up when we were talking about it. It might have been almost the most interesting thing about the story to me until yesterday when I got one of my many emails. Now, the initial article I saw was in the Washington Post. I got one of my many emails from the Washington Post just reminding me about their fine articles and different things I could be reading. And I saw a headline. Elena, that said she wrote 1,750 Wikipedia bios for people who've been passed over. And there was a photo of the person who did that. And that person was not Julia Roberts at all. Oh, it was one of those teasers in the middle of the article. It was one of those teasers in the article. But because, and this is boring, but I go through and I, I sort of delete all like photographs and things. So if I print the story out, which I always uh -huh. do, right. I take out a lot of the stuff that isn't important. <laughs> and what I had deleted was the photo of the real person who did that. And that real person is named Jess Wade, who is a physicist in the UK 
who is actually the person who has done that. And because of the quirks of cross-promotion of stories and me deleting the photo, and weirdly, the sentence, you'll appreciate this as a lit professor, the sentence actually worked perfectly in the part of the piece it ended up in. You know what I mean? Like, it was out of context, but it, it, it wasn't wildly out of context. It just looked like they had written kind of dispassionately that Julia Roberts also does this crazy thing on Wikipedia, which she does not. I remember that article because Tunvi, our amazing yeah. fellow, I think included it as an option for great news that we could talk about. And I, I remember kind of writing it up. That's a lot. If Julia Roberts was making all those movies and doing 1700, now that I think about it. I mean, that's why I thought it was such a fascinating bit of information. Also, I think it proves how highly I regard Julia Roberts that I would just believe anything <laughs> that I see written related to her. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify mostly for you, Elena, because we had been talking about it a while ago. There's one other thing I wanted to clarify here at the top of the show, which was we were talking last week on the podcast about your... I believe a colleague of yours who's driving a motorcycle around South America, right? Keith, yeah. He's driven it from Oregon to, I think he's in Argentina now. Yeah. And I think I said, also without doing proper research, which apparently is a pattern for me, uh, that's got to be our furthest away listener. And then we got a message from listener Matt, who's in Australia, who was mapping it out and noted that Melbourne, Australia, where Matt is presumably, is 8,000. 107 miles away from Portland and Argentina in Mendoza, Argentina, where I believe this other person was, is a mere 6,361 miles away. So as of right now, unless we have someone check in from, um, I don't know, Saturn, I'm going to say Matt <laughs> Smedley may be our furthest away listener. Maybe I'll I'll do a little project for myself and I'll figure out what the farthest away place from where we record, the 45th parallel, basically. It's going to be like that island where that bird lives that you always like to write about, Midway. Midway something. Island. <laughs> They're coming back. The albatrosses are coming back. It is November. I can't wait till my best news is the first albatross egg of the season. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. For you it is. And for me, I'm fascinated. That was a great article, by the way. I think I mentioned this to you, but my girlfriend's nephew, who is a very, very smart, very precocious person, when he heard that I worked with Elena Passarello, he did not say, oh, from Livewire. He said, oh, who wrote that piece in, <laughs> was it Nat, the Atlantic, Nat Geo? Where was that piece? It was in Audubon where uh, the discerning bird fan reads. It was like a 10-year-old kid who was like, oh, <laughs> Elena Passarello from Audubon Magazine? <laughs> that is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. And just the idea that a 10-year-old is like reading and thinking about like seabird conservation is- Oh, this kid, Alexander, he is- He's really quite quite special, so. Aww. Oh, I love him already. Let's talk about some of the best news out there in the wider world. What's the best news that you saw this week, Elena? Well, the Dolly Dar is beeping. You know, <laughs> uh, now we've just got a, a transmitter tower that receives all Dolly Parton news. But I don't know if you know that uh, this weekend, Dolly Rebecca Parton, the queen of country, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, really? Yes. Now, she wasn't, didn't she initially very graciously um, uh, pass on that? She was on the nomination list. They announced the nomination list right around her 76th birthday. And she said with her uh, notorious pluck 
thank you, but I don't think I would fit in. I don't think I count. And they said, with all due respect, we reject your rejection. (laughs) Rock and roll has deep roots in R&B and country music. This is what the Hall of Fame said. It is not defined by any one genre. Rather, and this is interesting, this is how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame defines rock and roll. A sound that moves some modicum of youth culture. Dolly Parton's music impacted a generation of young fans and has influenced countless artists that followed. So sorry, not sorry, Dolly, you're still in the running. And of course she was accepted and she was inducted this weekend alongside Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, the masters of the Minneapolis sound. They also wrote, I think, wrote or produced Black Cat, which is like the rockinest Janet Jackson song ever. Juran Juran, who all my babysitters wanted to smooch in college. The Eurythmics. And for some reason, I guess, like, you know, we won't see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction for a little bit, but um, she showed up, by the way, Dolly, in like a total Elvis jumpsuit, like a black comeback special. Oh, boy. That's the two things that you care about in life really intersecting. Yeah. If only there was like a seabird flying around when it was happening, it would have been perfect. And it had like a little bit of the kind of Baz Luhrmann, Elvis, like black and red, like kind of like iconography. She looked like a million bucks and she certainly didn't look 76. Anyway, so she's wearing this and singing Jolene with Rob Halford from Judas Priest. Whoa. Because why not? Sure. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, you can't think, it's like peanut butter and jelly. You can't think of one without the other. Yeah. Judas Priest and Dolly. But um, so this is added to, you know, Dolly's got the EGOT. She's got a Kennedy Center honor. She's been a member of the Grand Old Opry for 50 years. She first appeared at the Opry when she was like 13. She has notoriously turned down the National Medal of Honor from the previous president. And we're hoping uh, Obama has said he's going to call Joe and see if he can get that rectified. (laughs) Anyway, but the the sort of best news buried within the best news is that um, because she's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, she's like, I guess I have to record a rock album. <laughs> and she's she's writing new material for her rock album, but it just made me think, like, if Dolly Parton could record any rock song for this album, like, what would you want to hear her cover? Like, what straight-up R-A-W-K rock song would you like to hear her sing? Oh, man. I'm, I feel on the spot now, which is... Turnabout is fair play because usually I'm interviewing our guests and putting them on the spot with these kinds of questions. But I'm trying to think, so are you thinking of something that's kind of in the, like, are you, when you say rock, is there a a decade you're thinking of? Is there a a particular, are we talking hair metal? Are we talking smoke on the water? Are we talking the darkness? I believe in a thing called love. Like there are a lot of different ways to rock out. I can hear her singing all of those songs. Can you hear her singing the darkness? I believe in a thing called love. Well, I like I like to hear anyone sing that song who can possibly keep it in tune. I think that is what, one of the rocketest songs of the last 20 years. I think in terms of hair metal, I think she'd do a great kickstart my heart, you know, by the crew. Is that Mot- that's Motley Crue, right? Yeah, I think Magic Man or Crazy on You, she would tear up. Oh, sure, a Barracuda. She could crush so many great rock songs. Absolutely. Now, you you mentioned something in passing. You were talking about the the kind of music and, and a genre of music. Are you like me? Elena, as a Jeopardy fan, and by the way, as, as a contestant on Jeopardy as you were, is your brain now broken for the word Jean because of how Alex <laughs> Trebek would say it? Uh, only when I watch Jeopardy and somebody doesn't pronounce it that way. Have you seen the supercut? Have you heard the supercut of Alex Trebek saying genre? No. <laughs> Let's take a listen. 
Genres for four. A genre category. This genre of art. This genre of novel. This genre of game. This alliterative genre. This fantasy genre. This spooky genre. This popular genre. This six-letter genre. This genre. And it goes on and on. I can I can never say the word uh, genre the way that I used to. Now I have to say it like Alex Trebek. <laughs> I feel like that should that supercut should be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Have Dolly Parton cover it. Genre, genre. Oh, it could be like Jolene, only genre, 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 genre. 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 I think we're, there's like a half second delay, so the poor listeners. I <laughs> felt I was singing in perfect time with you there, but I think that was probably maddening for the, the folks listening. Can I tell you about the best news that I saw this week involving what I consider to be kind of my... Not my hometown, but a town that I feel real affinity with. It is where I was conceived, technically, and that is Mm. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. (laughs) It's a lot of information about my origin story. But anyway, you know, it's been, it was a sort of a tough weekend in Philly from a sports standpoint. Philadelphia became the first city ever to lose two major sports championships in the same weekend. They lost the World Series, unfortunately for them. And then their MLS team, Major League Soccer, the Philadelphia Union, lost the MLS championship. So that was like a a kind of a a bummer weekend in the sports department for Philadelphians. But there was someone that they could turn to, a person who's being called the chicken man, (laughs) a.k.a. Alexander Tominsky. Did you see anything about this, Elena, this week? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) A few weeks ago... A guy started popping up on social media uh, in Philadelphia, this guy, Alexander Tominsky. He tweets under the handle, smooth recess. (laughs) And he said, I'm going to eat an entire rotisserie chicken every single day for 30 straight days. And so he would document it. (laughs) For sports? It didn't start out specifically sports related, but this this is what ended up happening. It started getting a lot of attention. And they noticed that on the days when uh, the Phillies were playing and he ate a chicken, it seemed like the Phillies were doing better. It kind of got adopted as like a superstition thing. Like as long as this guy's been eating chicken, Philadelphia has been winning in the postseason. Oh, no, no, so he had no. to extend it by 10 days. He said, I'm going to go 40 days of eating an entire rotisserie chicken Every single day. So the 40th day was last Sunday, right? And this is, so on Saturday, that was when the Phillies were eliminated and then Union lost. So Sunday, it's like the denizens of Philadelphia are waking up. What are we supposed to do? Well, the chicken man had gone around posting flyers on the telephone poles in Philly with a picture of him and a rotisserie chicken. It said, I'm going to eat my 40th rotisserie chicken in a row on Sunday morning on the abandoned pier behind the Walmart. And so like... 300 people showed up on this pier, this like a wharf kind of a thing out on the river. I think it might, it's the Schuylkill probably like sitting there uh, to watch this guy eat a rotisserie chicken on like a folding table. And it was a scene like it was being treated like it was, it was being treated like it was one of the biggest sports events in Philly this year, which is where I've established there have been some pretty biggies. I want to play you a little bit of audio. This is uh, the chicken man as he has, he's holding a paper plate in one hand and it's got like the last bite of the rotisserie chicken that he's been eating in front of this crowd. And in his other hand is a Bluetooth speaker 
and he's playing The Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen before he takes his final bite of the chicken. Take a listen. This is him singing along to the song. You and me, my friend. He takes the last bite of chicken and the crowd goes wild. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was was what was happening last weekend in Philly on a pier behind the Walmart. I am shocked, Burbank, by the song choice. Of all the Bruce Springsteen songs, why would you not pick Atlantic City? The first line of which, they blew up a chicky man in Philly last night. <laughs> uh, I, this, this is a great question. I think because it was in Philadelphia, it just seemed, streets of Philadelphia seem more relevant. Um, so that's kind of the latest from Philadelphia. I feel it was good news to me because I know, and I got a lot of family out there, lots of aunts and uncles and cousins, and I know everybody was really hurting after their sports weekend, but I feel like their spirits were buoyed by the chicken man. Uh, and I, 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 I'm not sure if he's continuing. I think 40 was the end. He looked pretty, really over eating rotisserie chicken by the 40th one. Like it was actually a little more grueling. I think he probably started out thinking it was kind of just going to be a joke and I'll just eat this chicken. It'll be fine. But I think putting away an entire one of those every day, I do think it started to kind of get, he looked a little green around like chicken 37 through 40. It definitely looked like it was stressing his system. (laughs) All right, that's the best news uh, that we have heard this week. Now, um, there's still good news for you, though, the listeners, which is that our radio show will be dropping uh, this weekend. On Friday, the podcast version of our show, Livewire, is going to come out in this very feed, and then over the weekend, it'll be on radio stations all over the country. Here's what you're going to hear. Writer and reporter Casey Parks is going to stop by to talk about her new book, Diary of a Misfit. Uh, She chronicles what it was like to come out to her family in Louisiana, and also she talks a lot in the book about her relationship with her mother, um, who is quite a character. And really the sort of through line of the book is that Casey is researching the life of a trans man named Roy Hudgens, uh, who her grandmother had said to her was once the most important person in her life. And so Casey sets out to kind of figure out what was this person's life all about. Uh, We're also going to get some music from the incredibly talented and just incredibly charismatic thunderstorm artiste. After we recorded this conversation, I was like, I just want to be friends with this dude. Like he's just so uh, <laughs> warm and talented and, and fun to uh, catch up with. He sort of became nationally known uh, during season 18 of The Voice, where he did really well. Uh, his uh, singing has been described as warm, vibrant, and powerful. So it's going to be an awesome show. Casey Parks and Thunderstorm Artis, hoping that you can catch up with that when it comes out. All right, a big thanks to our team who makes the best news podcast possible. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. And our production fellow is Tanvi Kumar. Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixer. And our theme music, often the best part of the entire show, is composed by A. Walker Spring. Also, a big thanks to all of you out there listening and emailing. Hey, shoot us an email. If you are listening from somewhere further away than Melbourne, Australia, please send us an email, bestnews at livewireradio.org. All right, thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, head on out there and just, come on, have the absolute best week.
Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with, with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review. Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast. 